Welcome to Women Inseparable with author and speaker Jacqueline Palmer. This is a 15-week study of Who Holds Forgiveness. The word forgiveness brings different emotions to each of us. Join us as we dig deeper into who holds forgiveness. Here's Jacqueline. Who holds forgiveness? 15 weeks ago we started this journey and we started this journey with um, nervous expressions on faces. I can testify because I was in this seat on week one when we talked about forgiveness and the expressions on the face were a little um, nervous, a little apprehensive, a little curious of what this is going to look like. This morning on week 15, I say the words, who holds forgiveness and the smiles from room to room are a little overwhelming because we know who holds forgiveness and we know whose forgiveness he holds. It's ours, isn't it? Interesting how we went to the study thinking, I need to learn how to forgive that person. I need to learn how to forgive that situation. And we walked away seeing that God has forgiven me. And in his forgiveness of me, I can now therefore produce fruit of forgiveness, even in that person's life. How sweet. Good morning. I love you. <laughs> this is a good group. You know how much I brag about you guys? I gush. I was telling somebody the other day, I'm like, I kind of gush. I think it was Sharon. Is that over, Sharon and I talking over lunch? I'm like, I can't stop talking about these girls. And every time I talk about these girls, I gush. I'm a gusher. So I'll try not to gush this morning so we can do scripture. I'll gush next week. How about we do that? Who holds forgiveness? Week 15. When I was writing the study guide, the title, it, it happened in darkness, popped so desperately in my heart. And I told God, no, I don't like that. I don't like that title of it happened in darkness. That's such a bleak way to end a forgiveness study. That's a bleak title. And I prayed over this for days. I prayed that God would change it for days. I didn't pray that my heart would change. I prayed that he would come up with a new title for his lesson. This, this is my conversations with God and it never changed. It happened in darkness. So the day I laid that down and wrote it down and sent the study guide to our uh, designer, Linda. Um, that day, God's like, your next study is going to be on the light. And I sat there and I thought, fascinating how we're ending this study and how it happened in darkness to walk us into the light. Not beautiful. Anybody else get chills? And the light's going to be a good study. Do come. You don't have to sign up. You're already in. Once you're in the club, <laughs> you're in the club. We're going to conclude who holds forgiveness in the ending of Mark, Mark 15, Mark 16. My personal challenge for you this week, will you finish Matthew, finish Mark, finish Luke, and finish John? Hear me correctly. I'm not saying read all four Gospels. I'm saying read eight chapters. Finish Matthew, the last two chapters of Matthew. Finish Mark, the last two chapters of Mark. Finish Luke, the last two chapters of Luke. And finish John. You're going to have to peek into a third chapter because the third chapter of John is all about life with Jesus after his resurrection. So if you don't want to add three chapters in, June, in John, don't read the last one. Tell God that's not 
That's not relevant right now. John 21 is a bonus. It's a bonus. So read John 19 and 20. That's my personal challenge to you. Those eight chapters are all the same. They're all about what we're going to talk about this morning. It's all about your Jesus and your sin. That's what those eight chapters are about. Will you read them? Read them for you. Don't read them for any other reason. Just read them for you. That's your Jesus. It's a beautiful thing to read right before Christmas, isn't it? Amazing. Amazing. We're going to open in prayer, and then we're going to look at soldiers this morning. We're going to talk about the soldiers. We're going to talk about forgiveness. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I'm so, I'm so in awe at your feet that we get to read what happened on the cross. To read these words just in our private space, just us and you, it's a little overwhelming that we get to behold the very words of what you did on the cross. And then we get to get together unified, unified because of the very blood that was shed on the cross, unified because of your very body that was poured out on the cross, unified because of your love. And in our togetherness, we get to read these scriptures out loud. And Lord, these are hard, hard scriptures for me to read out loud. I pray if I may, that you'll put my, my emotions aside if I can ask that, so that the clarity of the word of your, your love for us will be heard more than, more than my tears of awe. Father God, you hold forgiveness and you hold our forgiveness through the giving of your son, Jesus Christ. Oh, how greatly you love us. I pray that we will all be so overwhelmed, so overwhelmed with our Jesus, that that's the gift we walk away from, that that's the gift, that we walk into the rest of our days holding on to that love that's so grand, such grand love that we can't even comprehend it. Be with this scripture. Open our ears, open our hearts, open our eyes to what we need to see in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, in the name of Jesus Christ, we ask all these things. Amen. Mark. Mark 15, there's so much that we could go into with this chapter, so much so that we could start at Mark chapter 1, verse 1, and it'll introduce us into Mark 15. The whole thing laces together so beautifully about Jesus. So for those that are, that had missed a couple of lessons, we are going to jump right into the middle of a story. The middle of the story is the life of Jesus Christ. Mark 15, we're going to look at verse 16. As we read through some of these verses, you're going to see the pronoun they. This is what struck me as I was reading over this for today's study is the pronoun they, 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 they. Everything that they did, the soldiers. The soldiers in number, they say, historians, um, 600. So when you hear they, picture that. Picture a band of 600 brothers, soldiers, banding together to do each of these acts that they, they do. Remembering the conclusion of our study for who holds forgiveness. Mark 15, verse 16. It says, and the soldiers led him, this is our Jesus, and the soldiers led him away inside the palace 
that is the governor's headquarters. And they call together the whole battalion, enter the 600. And they, so here we have the soldiers doing what soldiers do, united as soldiers are united, and this is what they, in their calling, and their unity, did. And they clothed Jesus in a purple cloak, and twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on his head. If we go up to verse 15, it says, So Pilate, wishing to satisfy the crowd, released for them Barabbas, and, and having scourged Jesus, he delivered Jesus to be crucified. And then we see that they, they gather together in a group of 600, and they clothed Jesus. So these soldiers, this battalion, these men who, were, who rose up to be a soldier, a man, did what they were doing. They did their job. Scourging prisoners was their job. It's nothing different, nothing new. This time of year, year after year after year, these soldiers went to work. This is what they did. And we think how hard and how awful, but the fact of the matter is, year after year, the people that they did this to are, were prisoners. They were like the bad of the bad. This is the electric chair. The, this is death row. This is job. And Jesus ended up on this, this row. And we talked last week about how Jesus prayed the same prayer. We're talking about that. And Jesus said, this is my cup. Please let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours. Year after year, Jesus saw this happening. This is tradition. This is culture. Year after year, there are prisoners that are crucified. Year after year, there are prisoners that are scourged. Jesus knew this. Jesus grew up knowing this. Jesus was part of this culture. When Jesus was praying, let this cup pass from me, he knew, he knew, he knew what was coming before him. And what was coming for, before him was men going to work and doing their job. It wasn't personal. It's business. But then these soldiers, this group, rallied together and they took their job their business to a very personal attack. While at work, while doing what they do, we see in verse 17, and they clothed him in a purple cloak and twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and they began to salute him saying words, words that are so powerful and so good and so strong and so true, but it's all about the tone. These are words that we would say to our Savior. These are words that we get on our knees in complete awe that you are our Jesus. You are, you are the King of the Jews. That's who you are. But the tone, the tone behind a word changes everything, doesn't it? Changes everything. The tone that was dripping from these men, from 600 men, I can't even visualize that. I can't even visualize how 600 men can influence one another to behave like this. These were soldiers. They had a reputation. And they went in the privacy of the governor's headquarters and behaved like fools in private. Interesting. Verse 19. It says, and they were striking, oh, man, and they were striking his head with a reed. 
and they were spitting on him. And they were kneeling down in homage to him. And when they were done, when they had mocked him to their capacity, they stripped him. They stripped him of the purple clothing that they put on him, and they put his own clothes on him and led him away to crucify him. Who holds forgiveness? These men, these men were literally who God was forgiving at that very moment. That's who God was forgiving. At that very moment, Jesus had that on his heart. I forgive you. I forgive you. In that very instance in which that reed struck his head, his heart was saying, you're forgiven. Such love. And you think, I can't do that. You can't. You're not Jesus. Jesus can, and Jesus did. The whole point of this 15-week study is not to say we need to be Jesus. That's not it at all. The point of this 15-week study is to say Jesus. Jesus. He's already forgiven. He came. He came for the very purpose to forgive that. That person who does that behavior that removes them from even behaving like a human, that level of, we all had a word go through our head, that what was being portrayed before Jesus the very moment he was living it. He was living the very heart of forgiveness. And I'm curious how many of these men, a couple days later, got saved. I'm curious. I would love to know, and one day we'll know. We'll know how many of the 600, it gives me chills, how many of these 600 are going to be in heaven knowing the forgiveness of God through the life of His Son, Jesus Christ. These men did their job. They went to work. They did their job. And then they behaved terribly. And we sit here in our own level of forgiveness, and we may ask the question, Jesus, I know you forgave all the things, but this is... This thing, this thing that nobody knows about, this thing that I can't even let my head think about or else I hate myself so desperately. This thing, can you spend time with the soldiers for a moment? Their behavior is forgiven. There is nothing, there is nothing that Jesus cannot forgive. Can you wrap your head around that? I can't wrap my head around that. When I think about others, you know, that, that name, it's hard to think like God can even forgive that. When I think about me, I think God can't even forgive that. It's too big. It's too gross. I can't. Ugh. Jesus says, it's forgiven. It's forgiven. It's forgiven. It's forgiven. It's forgiven because my father loved the world so much that he sent me. He sent me, and I obeyed, and I came, and I lived, and I know what physical pain feels like, and I went through this physical pain because I love you. I know what emotional heartache feels like because I lived in the humanity of emotional pain, and I forgive you. I know, I know, I understand, I get it. Isn't that amazing? Like, we're talking about Jesus on the cross, but a side thought is the fact that he lived. He lived this. He lived our humanity. He lived, friends, hurting us. 
he lived the pain of a brother saying, you're ridiculous. You had a sibling say that to you regarding your faith? Jesus knows that. His brothers don't believe. His brothers don't believe until he rose again. And I think, why, why won't my, my sibling get saved? Oh, it's not time yet. Don't stop. Don't stop praying. Don't stop praying. You tell those, you tell those people about Jesus. Pray for the right time. Pray for the right tone and testify of Jesus. He knows. Whatever that is that you wrote on your mental sentence just now, Jesus knows. He knows what that feels like. He experienced to its fullest. Verse 21, we have the word they again. Do you see how like this whole story about the soldiers that overwhelmed me with all the pronouns, with all the they, their behavior. It says, and they compelled a passerby, Simon of Cyrene, who is coming in from the country. And I love, I love this from Mark. Mark is the only one that gives this detail. And I wonder if it's because these were his friends. And I don't know. I'm just curious because Mark was young at this time. And so were these boys. And I can't help but wonder if Mark was just kind of saying, these are my friends. But this is what he says. I think this is a cute addition to the story. He says, they were coming in from the country, the father, the father of Alexander and the father of Rufus. To me, little side note, it's the sweetest little detail that Mark took time to recognize. I can't help but think that those, those were his, that was his circle. Those were his friends. I cannot give you a commentary that says this is the truth, but this is just little Jacqueline thoughts. This man was compelled to carry the cross of Jesus. And they, the soldiers, brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of a skull. And they, the soldiers, offered him wine. They gave him wine that was mixed with myrrh, but Jesus didn't take it. And they, verse 24, and they, the soldiers, crucified him. Four little words. Four little words that when we read, we keep on going because we're reading. But those four little words, that's them doing their job. That's culture. That's work. Mark didn't have to detail this to his readers. They knew. At this point, when they, we read these four little words, at this point, Jesus' nails are going through his hands, going through his feet. Nails big enough to hold the weight of a man. Long enough to go through wood. This, this is what's happening during these, these, four, these four words. Again, these men, these soldiers are doing, doing their job. And when we read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we read that it's not just, not just Jesus. This wasn't a personal attack against Jesus. They did their personal attack in the privacy of the headquarters. This wasn't a personal attack. This is them doing their job to robber, number one, Jesus in the center, and robber, number two. They were, doing, they were doing their job. Verse 24, it says, and they crucified him. And then there's a word, and. Do you see that little, little word? We've got these men doing their job and then not doing their job. It says, and they crucified him, and they divided his garments among them, casting lots for them, to decide what each should take. The mocking continued on a public ground now. So they did their job. They did their job to three and mocked one. 
And in their mocking, they prove the Old Testament true. Interesting. Verse 25, it says, And it was the third hour, it's nine in the morning, and it was the third hour when they crucified him. And the inscription of the charge against him read, The King of the Jews. When you read through John, you'll see a deeper conversation that took place behind that sign. It's a beautiful conversation. Verse 27, it says, And with him they crucified two robbers, one on his right and one on his left. And those who passed by derided him. Oh, how Jesus forgives. People passing by, wagging their heads at Jesus and saying brutal words to his ears in the midst of his pain, they say, you, you, who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, do it. Save yourself and come down from the cross. Oh, how Jesus forgives. In the face of the moment of the words of harshness, of the tone of grossness, he forgives. So also, verse 31, so also the chief priests with the scribes mocked him, saying words to one another, words that Jesus' heart heard. And they said, he saved others. He cannot. He cannot save himself. When we look back and we say we know the truth, he did not. He did not want to. Jesus did not want to save himself. He wanted to save us. How do you wrap your head around that love? I don't even know how to wrap your head around that love. It's so overwhelming. It's so beautiful. It's so grand. It's so deep. It's so Jesus. What other adjective can you put there other than the very name that is above every name? Verse 32, it says, Let the Christ... And the mocking and the tone, let the Christ, the King of Israel, come down now from the cross that we may see and that we may believe. And then those who were crucified with him also reviled him. Standing in the midst of all his creation, being mocked by all his creation, Jesus forgives. Verse 33, and this is where you and I sit today. It says, and when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land. This darkness over the whole land lasted for three hours. Three hours. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice. And he said, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means my God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? Enter you. Enter you right now, chills. Enter you at this moment in this story because this is where your forgiveness comes in. At this very moment, in the darkness, in the darkness, at uh, the three-hour window of darkness, God the Father could not look at Jesus, His Son. He could not look at Jesus. Why? Because God, according to scripture, God cannot look at sin. He cannot look at sin. You and I, product of the seed of evil. You and I were born sinners. God, for all of eternity, could not look upon sin, could not look upon us. And then Jesus, 
And then Jesus went to the cross and during those three hours of darkness, three hours of darkness, the sin from the timeline. I love that there's no timeline with God. This is something that fascinates me. Sin from this point in history and the end of history, all that sin, your sin, my sin was cast upon the very body of Jesus Christ. And during that casting of the sin from you onto the body of Jesus, God could no longer look at his son, Jesus Christ, because now he can look at you. Your forgiveness happened in Jesus's darkness. Oh my God, let this cut pass from me. He knew he was going to go through physical pain. He knew that. And he knew because he was human, he knew that physical pain hurts. Stub your toe, that hurts. Hammer your thumb, that hurts. He knew what physical pain was coming his way. But more than that, he knew that for the first time in his eternity, he was going to be separated from God. That's a pain. That's a pain that I don't even know how to describe. And Jesus knew that he was going to experience that because he loves you. It happened in darkness. Your sin, my sin, was taken from me, from my very DNA. Oh, how thankful I am that the sin that is brought through our DNA, have you ever heard the words that, well, you know, it's in my blood? My mama did, so I did. He takes that sin from our very DNA and it was put on Jesus. And Jesus' blood was put in us, giving us a brand new DNA, a brand new newness, a brand new you, a brand new forgiveness. God, God the Father, the creator of you, can now look at you, child of God, because of Jesus. He was mocked. They told him, come down. Come down. You cannot, but come down. Jesus could have, couldn't he? He could have, but he did not. He did not want to, and that blows, that blows me away. I don't like physical pain. I don't like emotional hurt. I don't like yelling and fighting. I am not that person. I do not yell and fight well. Ask my sister. I am not a good fighter. She would like to carry on conversation sometimes and I just smile, make her giggle, and there's the end of the fight. It, it works. I don't like to yell, I don't like, I don't like, I don't like that. Jesus doesn't either, does he? He's forgiven it all. He's forgiven every single bit of it. He did not want to come off that cross. He would rather deal with the fighting. He would rather deal with the words. He'd rather deal with the mocking and the yelling and the abuse, the nakedness, the humiliation. He would rather deal with all of that for us. That's amazing to me. God holds our forgiveness. He holds our forgiveness by letting go of his son. It's a big sentence. That's what our God did. Mm -hmm. Heavenly Father, I just want to close on that. Your love is so big. Sweet God, your love is so big. I don't know why you want to hold us. I don't know why you want to hold our forgiveness. I don't know why 
you loved us so much that you sent your son Jesus to be the savior of the world. I don't know why, but Father God, I say thank you. Oh, how I say thank you. Thank you for loving us so much that you let go of your son so that you could love us, so that you could forgive us, so that you could spend eternity with us. Oh, Father God, thank you. Jesus, thank you for your willingness. Thank you for obeying. Thank you for not getting off the cross in your power and your ability. I thank you for staying and finishing the cup that God has asked you to hold. I thank you. And Father, I thank you. I thank you that this is not the end of the story. I think the guilt that you died on the cross for me would be so overwhelming that I would feel so guilty. But that's not the end of the story. Jesus Christ, you rose again. And it's in your resurrection that we rise and that we stand and that we glorify and we proclaim that Jesus is the eternal Son of God. And Jesus came and he died and he was buried and he rose again. And Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is coming again. That is what we stand on. And this is what I say thank you for. I say thank you for the full story of the love of the Father. Thank you for holding forgiveness. Thank you for being our God. I pray that your fruit, I pray that your fruit will abound so beautifully in each and every one of us as we are and where we are. In the name of our precious, our precious risen Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, we say thank you for all these things. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. You can find us on Telegram at WIOnline. If you need prayer, Contact us at womeninseparable at gmail.com.